your job is to make the movie and my job is to get it out there and suck as much of that freaking oxygen out of the room as I can. I mean, that's just life. And if you haven't, I mean, Tim, you've done this, what, three movies now? Yeah, technically, I guess two movies plus that big, that project. But yeah, it was okay. more of a series. Which has really become like the cornerstone of how the, I feel like the WSL approaches any location now. You know, you know, any young filmmaker out there, I gotta tell you guys, you have to be very, 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 don't give your shit away, all right, number one. Number two, keep everything very close to the vest. Don't tell everybody what the hell you're doing. And number three is um, you gotta learn one word in the vocabulary, the English vocabulary. It's called no, okay? You keep saying yes and you put yourself into a corner. That's what happened with you, Tim. Yeah, 100%. You need to have a creative no-no square. They yeah. cannot touch you there. Mm -mm. So how did the dirty old wedge, I mean, what was your brain thinking for you even to, I mean, did you even have camera equipment? Did you, what, did you even have any, uh, a knowledge of how this industry even worked at that time, Tim? Yeah, no, I have no, I had no background in any filmmaking, anything whatsoever. I, um, it was something that I'd always wanted to, uh, the story was something I always wanted to tell. Having down, been down a wedge f since I was a kid, I, I just saw this amazing group of guys and in the body surfing community, especially that we were so committed, so passionate for body surfing wedge. Um, I thought the story would be pretty amazing to tell because it was a unique one. And there was a lot of footage that this one guy, Mel, had captured over the years. So I knew we had a treasure trove of footage that was going to be uh, pretty, pretty great. And so, Tim, how'd you how'd you find this guy, and how did you know about his footage? Well, Mel, I've already, I'd already known um, from going down the wedge. He's part of the wedge crew. I guess technically, I, I'm a part of that wedge crew as well. Um, and for those that don't know, it's just a group of guys that body surf, wear speedos and get do weird things on the beach. Which I, I love how body surfing, especially like a heavy fucking wave like the wedge, still provides that space to get weird in water. Because I don't think surfing still has that same ability. It's become so athleticized that like the passion and hobby behind it has been a little sapped by organizations that are, I don't know, I'm not gonna- It's become too corporate. Yeah, 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 the Olympics are like one side of it and I get like people wanna make their money off of it, but even just like how the WSL has started to fill the space, it, it has changed the love of it and I feel like that still exists within body surfing itself. Yeah, I think, I think body surfing is very hard to market and it's not something you can't be famous through body surfing really I mean there's a couple guys but I think they're more famous for who they are just as people and being good people as opposed to their you know they're great body surfers which you really but, can't yeah. be famous for that anymore I know yeah. yeah. you, you know think about it Adam we had Doug Rugg in here and you know he's an older guy he's in the 70s and he's been surfing the longboards in Newport Beach forever and you know he remembered and he calls it when they went to the to the chip um, and they started, you know, cutting and shredding and doing all that stuff. It used to be, you, I mean, for us older guys, it was just go down that straight line, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Things change. Pick a line and go. Yeah. yeah. Body surfing has, has evolved too. I mean, now there's guys that are doing aerials and like yeah. rolls and it's pretty amazing. It's da I, I, water dancing in a way is 
<laughs> homoerotic as that sounds. <laughs> yeah. Hey, um, views are views, baby. That's yeah, all right. Yeah, no, it's it, but it's it's in a, to me. It's like one of the most beautiful waves of, way of way of riding waves. Yeah, but that's probably or that it is the most dangerous place in Newport Beach. The wedge is, I would say, it's one of the most dangerous places in the world. Yeah, uh, we call in our poster for the wedge film dirty old wedge at the bottom is like the world's most infamous shore break and it, it's the most infamous and probably one of the most dangerous yeah and i feel like it being a man-made wave in the u.s it occupies a unique space as well 100 percent. because we do have a, a much lower number of man-made waves versus australia and other places right where where the industry of surfing i think is much more alive much more yeah no it's 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 a unique it Definitely. was a unique accident. Yeah, it's 100% an accident that they didn't mean to create. And they were protecting one side of the harbor. Mm -hmm. And then they created this whole other beast. This whole other dichotomy of yeah. coolness. And I don't know, know if you mean? guys have been down there. Well, you live down there, right? Yeah. Well, there's, I have a, a You have dock. a place. Okay. Well, there's all that sands going away. Yeah, it is. They got to figure that out pretty quick because there's going to be, I, I think this whole summer is going to be really good based off of what we're seeing for El Nino. And that sand is already going bye-bye. Anyway, what made you, I mean, this movie just took off. Yeah, we, we, so I had this idea, the story we had all dialed in. The only problem was I didn't know how to make a movie. So I teamed up with some guys. I found some guys that were going to uh, USC film school, one of the best film schools in the world. And um, just by happenstance, one of the guys was uh, shooting a commercial for a clothing company down at the beach. And I started chatting with them. Um, connected the dots and we decided, hey, let's do this. It was pretty naive of us to jump in, knowing now what how hard it is to do it. And for us to do it as cheap as we did, it, the film only cost us about, I think it was 40 grand to make, should have cost us at least $200,000 at this at, on the low end. Well, 40 grand, that, what was that, just craft services? I mean. Dude, it was, <laughs> it, it was a lot of favors and I, I guess that's, that speaks to the relationships that we had as a, the, the three of us, you know, right. there was a lot of friends that were all, and this whole project was a passion project for everybody. Like the people that I had help us out with the music, people that I had, they all wanted to be a part of it just because it's such a cool story. So, you know, it's interesting. Um, all you filmmakers out there, uh, you know, you gotta just keep trying because, uh, both, uh, of the films that Tim did are, very spectacular and if you're a surfer or beachgoer you you gotta you gotta check them both out but um don't give up man because it's it's one of those things everybody's gonna be pulling at you and wants something from you and you got to do what tim did and collaborated with a whole bunch of people that love the same project and made it into something spectacular and you can do it absolutely just yeah. as hard as people have to work to find their niche i think a lot of people who want to find themselves have to work just as hard to find projects like Dirty Old Wedge so that they can support it too. Yep. So it's worth going after it if you know you've got the right story to tell. So Dirty Old Wedge, are we getting paid on it now on anything? Yeah, we're getting a little bit. Um, we get quarterly payouts, like I'm talking minimal. <laughs> <laughs> and it's on Amazon? Yeah, you can find it on Amazon. I believe they, they're showing it on YouTube, t YouTube TV. I think we, we had a... A deal with outside network. I don't even know if that's a thing anymore. Mm. Um, our contract with our current 
sales team is up this year, I believe, or maybe next year. And if that happens, then I'm going to try and sell it hopefully again to somebody bigger. Uh, I know somebody that can help you. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, so yeah, that, that would be cool. I think that film, it needs to be on a bigger platform. I think that story, the story, there's so many elements, human elements in the story that we try to intertwine within. Um, people can relate to it, even though it's, it, surf films are boring for the most part. There's no story in them. It's a lot of surf porn, guys doing cool tricks right. and all that. And if that's not what you're looking for, it has such a small audience. Yeah, right. And and I also, not to like cut you off, I do want you to go on about that, but like when they get a little too like emotional and storytelling, I also have an issue with that side it's of things. cheesy. Dude, yeah. yeah. Okay, Keanu Reeves. <laughs> I mean, now that's an exception. That's, <laughs> that's totally right. Back off, War Child. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Seriously. Right. Right. <laughs> Don't make go Matrix on your ass. Okay. But again, I mean, about surf films, I think they, they have to live in this space that gives you a little background history, isn't too Hollywood, and isn't just guys with a really good backhand. The problem with that, Adam, is the whole, you know, surf porn. Yeah. You guys got to add a lot more bikinis to that shit. <laughs> you know, that's... Dude, it, I, it doesn't sound like you've watched Lost in America or a lot of things that are out there because those beach angle shots are... Those 90s films have yeah. a lot of that. Oh, they're yeah. so good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're classics. I was thinking like Gidget does Hawaii or, oh, you know, yeah. the 60s. <laughs> you're, you're dating yourself. Yeah, well, that's pretty easy to do. Yeah. <laughs> I think Dirty Old Wedge did a really good job of giving the history and really like, I don't know, it almost felt like a, uh, a, a little precursor, like Momentum Generation's younger brother. You had Lonnie Cock and all these guys in there who really were a part of the hammer era of body surfing there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was, um, it was, it was almost like it was meant to, the film was meant to be made. Whether I made it or somebody else made it, it was going to happen eventually. And like, there were so many weird things that happened throughout the whole production process that was just like signs from the university you're doing this right. It's mm -hmm. it's it's the right thing to do. But but Tim, don't you think now now that you've just said what you said, is that maybe you belong in that industry and you should be doing that? You've had two incredible movies. So my my comment to that is when I've tried to make it anything my living, I start to stress about making money and not thinking about the creative side. You know, when you, I would prefer to just be making money doing something else. So I was in the window and door business forever, like super high-end homes. That allowed for me to make films because I had the time and I made decent money. Um, when you make that creative thing your job, I feel like there's a lot of element of stress that's not related to the creative side. If that makes sense. That makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, for sure. Because I think that the failure can sting that much more. Oh, and I, and I, I don't like to fail. I have my ego bruise, right? The, like The lessons are harder to learn. And I mean, because you have so much more skin in the game, not just from a business side of things, it, it's almost tough to show your face within a lot of spaces where you were comfortable before. Right, right. Yeah. Now, Hammer, if you are saying that you want to fund my film projects and give me a life that I can make projects ah. for the rest of my life, I'm in. Let's talk. Rubber is meeting the road. <laughs> wow.